You are listening to the House Flipping HQ podcast, episode number 23. This is the House Flipping HQ podcast. Giving you the strategies, techniques, and inside secrets of house flipping from today's top house flipping experts. House Flipping HQ. Your ultimate house flipping resource for intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Now, let's get flipping with your host, Justin Williams. That's right, Tiger Fighter Champion. That's what we are here at House Hoping HQ. We don't let anything or anyone get in our way. We are going to make things happen and you will hear us roar. In case you missed it, last night was our first inaugural. I don't know how to say that word, inaugural. Anyway, it was our first live webinar. I think it went pretty good. I talked about running my house flipping business, how you can create your own house flipping business, gave out a bunch of resources, and talked about the mastermind group, which we are launching February 1st. Uh, Really excited for those who signed up last night. We'll be having another webinar this Thursday, January the 30th, 6 o'clock Pacific time, nine o'clock Eastern. You can go to housefinghq.com slash mastermind to sign up for that. And, you know, we're putting something together special. And we, as a kind of a way to thank those who are early adopters, we are going to be giving an uber, uber, ultra low price, uh, which will go up over time as we continue to add value and incredible members to this great community that I've had a vision of for a long time and I'm really excited to finally uh, be able to to launch and be able to implement and I'm just really pumped for that. So go to housewinghq.com slash mastermind and we will see you next Thursday. So this is part two of the Marty Boardman interview where we discuss how this crazy man is flipping, uh, running a housewing business 2,000 miles away. He's managing over 20 rehabs from over 2,000 miles away. So if you have not yet listened to episode 22, go back and listen to that first and then head on back over here and finish up this interview. If you like the first part, you're going to love the second. Without any further ado, let's get back to it. Marty Boardman, the crazy 2,000 mile away flipping machine. Okay, so financing, okay. Here, let me ask you a question. I actually got an email earlier today and everyone who I ask this question to will give a different answer. So honestly, I mean, I think it's more of an opinion almost. But let's see, what did she ask me? Um, she's basically asking about, you know, the SEC and stuff like that. And what are your thoughts on that? I mean, to what level can you ask people for capital? In your opinion, I know you're not an attorney, just okay here we go is it true that for rei real estate investors will need to be registered to the sec s she said cc but sec in order to ask for private money to do a flip that's from ariel like little mermaid i guess (laughs) so uh you know my advice to anyone who's looking to raise private capital is don't first you know the law is very clear you know general solicitation uh isn't allowed although just heard from someone that, that the rules on that have changed, I guess, at the end of last year or beginning of this year. I would just be cautious if you're just trying to solicit, you know, investment capital to the general public because uh-huh. you just you don't really know it's a gray area. Uh, but uh, I, like I said, you don't really, in my opinion, you know, as far as, you know, being concerned about the SEC, is the SEC going to come down on a, a local real estate investor in Reno, Nevada, who put an ad in the paper or 
got on the internet and asked for a hundred grand to fund a deal. Yeah. The SEC's got bigger fish to fry. Yeah. You know, uh, and I've been told that uh, by a couple different attorneys that I respect that unless you, you're, you're a million plus, the SEC's you know, not going to bother you know, trying to come down on you. But you know, the, I think it's Reg D uh, with uh, the SEC says that uh, you know, you're not allowed to use general solicitation to raise capital. And I think you have to have a substantive relationship with the investor. So I would just say this, you don't need to resort to that, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, to raise private capital. I mean, I really think, you know, there are, there are better ways to do it. Like I said, go find a deal. Yeah. I think you'll start to find that money will find you. For sure. If you're a sort, I'll give you an example. You know, when I got first got started in 2002, you know, I was working with an investor, right? A investor who was funding the deals for me. I was bird dogging them, right? Well, Within 12 months of that, you know, because I had quit my job, Justin. Uh-huh. I mean, I wasn't living in a cardboard box, yeah. right? I wasn't yeah. begging on the street. So my friends and my family, they started observing, wow, Marty's doing some real estate. He's yeah. making some money. Yeah. He's not homeless, right? Yeah. You know, he's not on welfare. <laughs> They're like, wow. So they started asking me questions. They're yeah. like, wow, how did you do it? What have you been doing? My first private investor was my, my wife's dad, my father-in-law. Yeah. He gave yeah. me about a hundred grand awesome. because he saw, he asked me, he's like, how are you funding these deals? I'm like, well, I got this investor I work with. And he's like, well, how does the profit split? I'm like, we split it three ways. I get a third, he gets a third. And then there's this administrative guy that yeah. you know does all his research. He gets the other third. And he's like, well, why don't you keep it all for yourself? I'm like, cause I don't have the money. He's like, well, I'll give you the money. He's like, nice. and, I, and you can just pay me whatever my interest rate is on nice. my line of credit for my house. Wow. So he gave me a hundred grand, right? <laughs> His interest rate on his land was 4%. Oh, so, man. So my very first deal I did with his money, we made like 37000 bucks. awesome, man. Right? I would have made, you know, what I made 12000 had to split it with those other two guys. Yeah. So he was my first. And then I had a buddy I went to high school with who was a realtor yep. who had a lot of money. He was seeing what I was doing and he started investing and then a friend of his. And then next thing you know, I had, I had all these different people who I had substantive relationships with who kind of came out of the woodwork. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, people tend to overthink this. It's like, so, just get just a tiny little bit of success, just a, a little bit of a track record, you know, kind of piecing stuff together, wholesaling, you know, finding a buyer here or there and bam. I mean, totally. people are going to come out just, of the woodwork. you start to there's put together so systems. Much, yeah, there's so much capital out there. Oh, people are everywhere. dying to plug it in. They're dying to find people, operators like us, yeah. who can find the deals and plug it in and make them money. I, I mean, it's, yeah. it's not that hard. And if you pay someone 10 to 12% on their money, I mean, where else yeah. are they going to find a fixed rate of 10 to 12%, yeah. which can be secured right. by real estate? So exactly. to answer your question, Ariel, um, we're not attorneys. <laughs> so you're a big boy. You know, don't go, go talk to an attorney if you want. But uh, my understanding or the way I feel about it is, like Marty said, no general solicitation. Try not to like blast things out on to 100 people or announce it publicly or in the newspaper or stuff like that. But if you have a relationship with somebody, um, I think you're okay. But I have heard different attorneys say different things. But attorneys are attorneys for a reason, right? They're out yeah. to get your hard-earned cash. So once again, that is we're not attorneys. That is just... And you and I, Marty, both know tons of investors who are not, you know, registered necessarily with the SEC that are raising capital, but they're just not out there on a big platform raising it, you know. Right. Even for me, for example, I can't get on this mic or, or this podcast and say, hey, everybody, you know, send me your money. I'd love your money, right? You know, I need to build a relationship with you. So right. if you want to give me your money, and no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. <laughs> you got to yeah. get to know me first. No, I'm just kidding. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Very good. So, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, and, and I think you explained it pretty well. There's no reason to keep driving it into the ground. But yeah. uh, uh, think about how think about how you would feel. I mean, we all have had friends or family members, coworkers, business associates who have discovered, you know, the next direct marketing or multi-level marketing yeah. product, right? You know, whether it's skincare, lotions or uh, vitamins or this one's sport different. drinks. It's way better. Right. right. <laughs> so think about how annoying you find that person when they're, you know, tr- constantly calling you and bothering you to buy their crap, right? Yeah. Well, it's, it's no different with an invest, so-called investment opportunity, right? If you blast out an email or make a bunch of phone calls to people about your great investment, they're going to be highly skeptical. They're going to think the same way I think, which is, if this is such a great deal, why don't you figure out a way 
to do it yourself? Or, you know, why do you have to, you know, resort to these measures to find someone who wants to do it? It's probably not really a deal. Yeah. Yeah. But then, like you said, over time, you kind of put it together and it's a snowball effect. And just like you, I mean, I could get on the phone at any given time and within a few hours, probably raise a quarter million dollars um, if I need to, just because of the relationships I have and people that referrals and whatnot. So, okay. Well, that's great. Let's move on to rehabbing and contractors and how, you know, how do you manage your rehabs? I know you're far away. Do you have a general contractor? Just Mm -hmm. kind of get us and get, let's talk about that a little bit more. Well, you know, I was just explaining earlier, you know, I, things have really evolved for me uh, over the last two and a half years. Uh, it's interesting, when I, I wrote my book, it was published in December 2012. What's that called, uh, by the I way? Spent, Let's, we'll it's, link called up fixing that. And, it's called Fixing and Flipping Real Estate Strategies for the Post-Boom Era. I know, it's a mouthful. No, uh, awesome. but, uh, uh, it's uh, available on, if you just go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble and just type in my name, okay. it'll pop right up. And just we'll type link in up Marty to that in, in the show notes sure. as well. Sure. Uh, well, it's interesting. When I wrote that book in 2012, uh, or, or finished writing it in 2012, I had just gotten started with, uh, rehabbing homes in the Milwaukee area. Uh-huh. And, uh, so like I said, things have really evolved and, and I've learned a great deal since I wrote that book. It's still a great book and yeah. it's a great template for someone. I think I write in the foreword of the book that, you know, think of this, it's a, it's not a, a blueprint. Uh, I think I said it's not a map. It's like a blueprint. It's not going to tell you how to get from point A to B. It's, it's going to, yeah. it's just going to kind of show you an overview of how, how you should structure things for or sure. how you can structure things. But, uh, you know, I've learned a lot since I started rehabbing in Milwaukee. And like I said, I tried to run the business there like I ran my business here in Phoenix, which is just one project manager who's kind of the point person on yep. every single home. And the guy I hired, uh, you know, it just didn't work out. Yeah. He, he just was a little too overwhelmed and, and didn't have the experience, uh, construction experience that you've got to have on. in a market yeah. like that when you're talking about the technicality of these rehabs. Yeah. And then I decided, well, maybe I just need to find a licensed general contractor who can manage them all. And I hired a very capable, a very good uh, general contractor who I felt like was capable of doing that. But then I found out pretty quickly that he was really only capable of doing three or four. He just didn't have the subs, the subcontractors, and the the ability to do all the scheduling. It's just too much. These things just take too long. So uh, I realized, well, maybe I need a second, you know, general contractor. So I quickly hired a second one. Then I realized it's a she, this general contractor. Okay. I'm like, wow, she can't handle more than yeah, two or yeah. four at a time. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden, I, I've got like 10 houses and two contractors. You can really only handle about six or seven. Nice. So now I just, uh, in the last month, hired a third. Okay. Uh, gen- and now I've already given him four projects. Awesome. And, and he's overwhelmed. He's yeah. got enough. So yeah. I'm going back there next week. I'm hoping to find a fourth. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> you know, so and if I figure I'm going to have anywhere between 12 and 14 homes in yeah. the rehab phase at any given time, I have to have four full-time licensed general contractors to manage all the work. It's just not. So I'm basically managing four people, not one. Well, what I think is interesting is here you're saying, man, three or four people I'm managing. So many people, it drives me crazy. And it sounds like you don't do this. Mm -hmm. They'll go out, they'll have a general contract for every single job. Plus they'll manage like the subs. And I'm just like, how do you do that? Like, how are you going to scale your business? If you're yeah. managing all those people, I would rather, and what I found is we don't even actually pay more money, but I would rather pay a little bit more money and let someone take care of all those headaches so I can really scale mm-hmm. my business. Cause I don't have time yeah. to work on with 10 guys for each job and do the schedule. No. It's just crazy. Yeah. Crazy. No, you're, you're absolutely right, Justin. And you know, uh, I feel the same way. And as a matter of fact, I had the last general contractor I hired there, I met with, uh, I met him about a month and a half ago and he's been doing great. I mean, I've given him two houses and he started the very next day. Demos work is done, drawings done, bids in. I mean, he's, he's a rock star. But, uh, he told me when we sat down and met for the very first time, he said, Marty, he's like, uh, you're going to find I'm the kind of guy who will keep you up to date all the time. I'll call you every day. I'll let you know what's going on. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Time yeah, out. yeah. I was like, I don't want to know what's going no, on. No. I was like, I don't want to hear from you. Uh, I said, I, you seem like a great guy and yeah. it would be fun to talk to and hang out with and go have a beer with, but <laughs> I don't want to hear from you every day. No. You know, when, it, when you start a project, the only times I ever want to hear from you 
are the house burned down yes. or somebody died in it or yeah. it's going over budget yeah. or it's going to take longer than you think. Those are the four reasons well, why you should call me. I love if those it's, four reasons. It, unless it's related to one of those four things, I don't care about what kind of ceiling fan you're going to hang yes. or what kind of tile you're going to pick out or what kind of paint you got or or whether or not that beam up above yeah. my head needs to be a two by eight or a two by 10 or yeah. a two by six. I don't care. I it love matter. it. Love it. So, Show me the baby. Don't tell me about the labor pains, right? Yeah, I don't need to know. <laughs> and, and and I've got uh, another one of my contractors, and she's great too. But I finally had to tell her because she would leave me like four minute long voicemails and yeah. three page three text messages in a row. And I'm like, look, you don't need to. And and you know, and and, and give them credit. I mean, they they're used to working with retail customers yeah. who want to know all this stuff. I'm yeah. like, look. I am not a retail customer. Yep. You don't need to tell me all this. Yep. All you're doing is clogging my brain with all yes. this stuff. I don't need it in my head. You yeah. know, just the basics. And again, unless it's a major uh, budget decision that needs to be made, $500 or more, I don't want to know. Exactly. And I had the same yeah. talk with my assistant, you know, a year or two ago, a couple of years ago. And it was like, look, like, don't keep sending me emails about, should we go with this beige or this beige? Like, Pick a color, make it look good. If you ever want to change down the road, fine. But like, let's just right. crank here, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't, it's not going to make that much of a difference in what people pay. Does it look good to you? Okay. I'm hiring you because you're right. an intelligent individual and you can pick out what looks good. Right. You know, I'm not going to spend hours at Home Depot picking yeah. out every little thing like you're saying. And then, and over well, time you systematize well, yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Well, and I agree with you. I mean, you, you definitely, you have to empower people to make their own choices and you have to let them know, I think very early on, your, your general contractors, look at, you're a professional. I'm yes. counting on you to make some of these decisions and yes. choices and leave me out of it. Because you know what? The more you call me and bother me, the less time I have to do what I need to do, which is find more houses. So yeah. 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 So I you mean, can have more work. So, exactly. so your focus yeah. is, is mainly finding the deal and then you check up to see how things are going. Just make sure everything's, uh, everything's on task. So exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, you talk four pillars or the four boxes. I focus primarily on, on the acquisition box, yeah, which is the right? most important. Right. And and so uh, I'm looking to make, you know, spend my time on the buys. Yeah. Once the buys are made, I'm turning over, you know, I have a budget. So I give my project manager slash general contractor, I give them my budget and the window of time I think it should take to get it done. We have a consensus. We agree what it's that time and number is going to be. And then that's it. I hope I don't, I don't want to hear from them for six so to eight weeks until the house is done. You put the property under contract and then you go up there a couple times a week and you're able to walk all the projects that you have under contract before you purchase them. Do you put a scope of work together? Or do you let your contractor put that scope of work together? This is something I find interesting. Sure. Yeah. I do the scopes of work, okay. uh, which is funny. I, I never have done a scope of work before until I went to, to Wisconsin. So it might be uh, because of the area. Yeah. A different right. area. It's okay. because there's so much more work and involved yeah. in rehabbing the home, uh, but never had to do scopes of work in Phoenix before. So yeah. like I said, it was definitely, I graduated, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I do a scope of work for each home and uh, then I can go through that home with the, con and what I'll do is when we put a house under contract, I'll set all this up the week before I go. Uh, I'll call up the contractor that I want to work on that particular house and I'll have them meet me there and we'll walk it together and I'll Got say, it. this is what I want done. Yeah. Now keep in mind, you know, that's probably not very efficient, but you know, I'm just new to this market. Yeah, for sure. In Phoenix and Phoenix, my contractors, they knew exactly what mm -hmm. it was I wanted. I, so I, you know, 90% of the homes that I flipped here, I never saw. Yeah. I never even yeah. stepped foot inside of, but they knew all the finishes and the colors and the schemes. I'm pretty much working with three, really now four new general contractors. Yeah. So there's yeah. going to be a learning curve there. But uh, so what I do is I'll send them two houses we've done already so they can see kind of what I'm looking for uh -huh. as far as a finished product's concerned. But, you know, I would anticipate within the next six months, I won't even need to fly out there every other week yep. uh, because I'll be able to have them go through them on my behalf yeah. and tell me what it's going to cost and what. And they'll know what they'll needs to know be done. what needs to happen. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, that's so. kind of where what we do right now. And like you said, it depends on the market in the area, but I'll have the contractor they still do a scope of work, but it's based mainly based off of they know what I'm paying them per square foot for this and that and the other. They can actually get started and then send us a scope of work a couple of days later. And we know that we're going to be pretty much spot right. on. And, and right. it just saves, I mean, once again, every market and situation is very different and especially people getting started out. Yeah. You need to go look at your houses and become 
don't think right. you're going to do this business without getting familiar with the house at the beginning. But right. over time, you know, there does come a point, hey, let that contractor do a lot of that legwork. Let them walk through, let them send you the scope of work. And then only if something seems off or fishy or like, wait a minute, then, you know, right. it just saves a lot of legwork. But yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. It's good yeah. hearing the different perspective and how you're in a yeah. different market and different houses. Yeah. And like I said, that's why I bring different people on the show instead of just me talking mm-hmm. all the time, because, you know, I, I want to hear what other people are doing. It's not sure. everybody's going to fit exactly my, my mold, what I do. So, yeah, well, I think I've been fortunate. I've been blessed. I, I'm, I've been working with for about the last eight months, uh, a mentor. He's actually a, a gentleman I met through my church. Uh, as a friend of mine I go to church with, uh, he was a mentor of his. Uh, and uh, uh, this guy has, he's in his uh, late 60s, high, a very successful uh, businessman. And uh, now he worked with me, who are, are you know, just entrepreneurial and you know, goal-oriented. And we've been working together since April. And it's funny, uh, he read my book. Uh-huh. And he, he said to me, he's like, Marty, you know a lot about real estate. Yeah. He's like, you know a lot. He's like, but let me tell you, you don't know jack about business. <laughs> and so, uh, and, and what he was referring to was just, you know, making uh, that kind of that next step from being a real estate investor to yeah. a, a business owner. Love it. And I really thought that I knew a lot about uh, business, but, uh, you know, trying to build a scalable real estate investment business, which is kind of what our conversation has been circling around here today. Uh-huh. And uh, hello, this is my daughter. Audrey. Hey, how you doing? Hey. Yeah, I saw her walking uh, in. I'm doing uh, Hi, Audrey. I'm talking phone, sorry. I, I'm talking. Uh, this is why I love what I do. See, my kids get home yeah, from school. I, they get to be here when they get I home. I love it too. She wants to know if her friend can come over. Can, can Emily come over? Yes. Yes, yes, yes she Audrey. I told her yesterday. I told her over. yesterday. I was like, I'm if I'm on the phone, <laughs> just write me a note. That's so she cool. She didn't realize I was on a video call. Uh, okay, yes, Emily can come over. As long as you guys try to be quiet, okay? Until yes. I'm finished up. Okay? Wait, okay. Um, just we're going to downstairs. And okay. Me. Thanks, sweetheart. She okay. Isn't she beautiful? She is beautiful. How old yeah. is she? Uh, she is nine years old. Nine years old? She looks older than nine. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know if it's the video that, or what. I would have thought like Maybe 10. so. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I really wasn't very good at or haven't been very good about uh, building a business to scale because... I didn't realize uh, the importance of keeping my pipeline full at yeah. all times yeah. and uh, managing the projects uh, really f- for more of a 10,000 or 15,000 foot view versus, you know, a, a 500 foot view. For sure. I think that's a mistake. A lot of investors or, or people who want to get into that. I mean, it's one thing, Just. I mean, you know, it's one thing to try to just flip three or four homes a year. Yeah. It's another to try to flip 30, 40, yeah. 50, 60. Yep. If you plan on making this your full-time business, yep. I mean, it's really easy to get caught up in one particular pillar or box uh-huh. and get so focused on that uh-huh. that you miss the you miss working in the others. Yeah. Before you know it, your pipeline's dried up. Yep. Right? Yep. You you haven't paid enough attention to the rehab side, and next you've got homes that have been sitting for for four, yeah, five, no, six months. I mean, so uh, you know, I tell you, I can't say enough. You know how the value of having someone that can, you know, it doesn't have to be someone who's older than you necessarily, but uh-huh. someone who's had a successful business, for sure. Uh, preferably a business that requires, you know, having a pipeline and keeping that pipeline full. Like yep. like my my mentor, his name's Archie, and. He's owned several car dealerships, awesome. uh, used car dealerships. So he goes to car auctions every single day wow. and has to buy inventory to keep his pipeline full so his salespeople have cars to sell yeah. and his and his repair people have cars to repaint and fix up. I mean, he's in the car fix and flip business. Yeah. So his experience and advice has just been so valuable, just priceless to me. Well, I think it's so cool that you said you, you have a mentor and you've been doing this a long time. So that it just... I don't know, it just goes to show you never, never stop learning. And you're no. talking about business and that's part of the reason why I decided to do all this crazy stuff. Cause I had been in real estate investing. I had had a satellite dish business before and I've learned through the school of hard knocks. So I'm like, you know what? I've never gone to business school. I, I don't know a ton about marketing. I'm a horrible at technology. Believe it or not, you're probably looking at this fancy microphone mm-hmm. and surprised. Like, I don't know anything about technology, but I'm learning a ton. And that's why I was like, you know, I want to, to just keep growing and learning and ex- expanding. And so I have a mentor as well who's, you know, yeah. helped me with all this stuff. And yeah. So, well, you know, I mean, even Tiger Woods, I mean, Tiger Woods has three coaches, right? He has a it's coach like you for the long game. You think you'd be the coach, you know? It's yeah. Like, I mean, he's got a coach for his long game, his wow. short game, his iron game, his, you know, I mean, so for each individual 
uh, discipline within the game of golf. He's got a he's got a specific coach. Wow. So I mean, wow. if if he's if he's you know is he's the best in the world, and yeah. you know it's it takes somebody with a different point of view and in a different perspective to look at what it is you're doing and say, why are you doing it that way? And yep. I can tell you, when I started in Milwaukee and we looked at my business, you know, he asked a lot of questions and, and I didn't really have very good answers. I'm like, I don't know. I just, just kind of how I was doing it. And he's like, well, why? It doesn't yeah. make sense. You know, you should do it this way. I'm like, oh gosh, you're right. That does make a lot yeah. of sense. Oh, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. So, okay, well, let's just a little bit longer here. Now we, we talked about you know, the three pillars, let's talk about selling. And I think you already kind of mentioned it because you said in Milwaukee, you, you got to time it, right? Do you have the same agents that bring you the house? Do they list them for you? Or are you listing them yourself? How are mm-hmm. you handling, handling the selling part? So the realtor that I work with there who finds the houses for me, we have an agreement that uh, she will relist them and sell them once they're ready to get put back on the market. Perfect. Uh, and the homes that uh, I've just here recently found through the wholesaler, I will use her as well. Yeah. Uh, I have my real estate license in Wisconsin, but I live in Arizona. Yeah, it's I don't just not worth it. No. You know, no. Uh, you know uh, and I say this was all, with all due respect to realtors out there. I mean, you're really nothing but a glorified, you know, uh, administrative assistant half the time because... You know, the paperwork involved and the volume of kind of administrative type of phone calls and tasks you have to complete to close a transaction is just mind blowing. So, yeah, I mean, I don't I wouldn't advise anyone who wants to get into real estate investing to uh, try to handle writing offers on homes or listing the homes to save a few bucks on a commission. Yeah. You're not going to build again. You're not going to build a scalable business doing that. You're going to create a lot of work and headache. Yep. And I find I'm a much better negotiator through my realtor than I ever would be on oh, my own. Oh, by far, because you're not the decision maker. If yeah. you're the decision maker and you're talking to somebody, I mean, I don't know. It makes a huge difference. Huge yeah, difference. I exactly. never, yeah. never want to talk to someone as a decision maker. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you know, there's, there's different schools of thought on getting your real estate license. I like having mine because I want MLS access. Uh-huh. Now, I talk to investors all the time who are able to get their realtors, uh, you know, login information from them so they can go on the MLS themselves and do that. But, you know, I learned a lot in real estate school. I didn't learn anything about how to be a realtor or how to be a real estate investor. Yeah. But I learned a lot about the laws in the state and why contracts written the way they are. Uh, you know, so there was some value there to me and it was worth the time. And uh, at the end of the day, like I said, I can hop on my own MLS website with my own login info and check things when I want to without having to worry about if somebody else is on at the same time as me, I'm going to get kicked off. For and, sure. Yeah. You know, this is how I choose to do it. For sure. And like you said, it's preference. My wife has hers. So I have access to it. I haven't, I haven't gone on the MLS in six months or more. I mean, just because mm-hmm. I have an assistant and I have agents right. that I trust and all these things. And they'll send me comps if I ever want to double check something. But, right. but yeah, it just depends where you're at and your what stage of the game. If you land an opportunity with a killer agent who you trust a lot and you're working together and they're sending you comps, Okay, you know, maybe put off your license, but I don't know, it just depends. Because I also see people who go and get their license and then they get burnt out before they even start trying to make all, you know, it's like, right. how much can you do if you have a full-time job before you start to get burnt out? So I always tell people, start, do whatever you can to make offers as quickly as you can. And then you're very quickly going to realize what you need for you. Yeah, that's exactly. My, that's my yeah. uh, number one advice. Yeah. So. Well, Marty, you've blown it away, man. Is there anything we missed? Anything that just sticks out in your mind about your business or that you think would motivate people that that we left out? You know, I think ultimately uh, investing in real estate is is a business. It's just like any other business. If you decided you were going to open a restaurant or a bakery or an auto shop or become a dentist, I mean, you're self-employed. You're an entrepreneur and and it does require a lot of work. You got to take it very seriously. And I believe you got to immerse yourself in the craft Uh uh, of real estate investing. You have to, I believe, know everything there is to know about your market. Uh, You really want to know, ideally, who some of the other players are in your market and who your competition is. You want to identify what their exit strategies are. Uh, You want to know the seasonality of your market, if there is one. Uh, You want to know uh, how many homes are selling uh, on a monthly basis, on a, on a weekly basis, on an annual basis? Uh, ideally, you want to know these numbers. You want to have a grasp of what's going on. You want to know what the, the weather is in your market. Yep. Uh, you know, otherwise, you know, you're just kind of spinning your wheels. I mean, I don't know that uh, there are too many successful 
entrepreneurs out there, the, the Steve Jobs and the Bill Gates and the Warren Buffetts of the world who don't know what's going on inside their business each and every day and in their industry each yep. and every day. They yep. know what's going on. Yeah. And now, they may not be physically doing all the work. Yes. Of course they're not. Uh, but uh, they know what's going on and they know who's doing what. Yeah. Now, there's, and you and I were discussing this before we started uh, recording. Uh, there's a difference between being a control freak which kind of has a negative connotation uh -huh. and trying to do all the work yourself, like being out at the house, yeah. hammering nails and stuff yeah. uh, versus just knowing what everybody's up to during yeah. the day. And I think yeah. uh, you want to have complete control over your business and know that you just can't put it on autopilot. But at the same time, if you're going to build a scalable investment business of any kind, uh, you got to be willing to step back and let other people do the work and put systems in place yeah. so that you can focus on the big picture stuff and make sure that uh, you reach your financial goals and get to where you want to go without, you know, I guess, you know, stumbling over dollars to pick up dimes. Yes, yes. And I think it's interesting when we first started talking and you, some of the things you were saying, I was like, wait a minute, like, because I thought you were saying, I guess I misunderstood a little bit about what you were saying. I thought you were saying you like to be hands-on. But after this interview, clearly you have systems in place. You have contractors. So it, we are very much on the same page. And I tell my wife, sometimes I feel like I'm extremely hands-off. But I also do feel like I can be a control, what'd you call it? I'm not going to say control a control freak. maven. And control maven. But the things I control are very different. Like I am very aware of where my company is financially, you know, mm. out, of, out of this many houses that we've sold in the past couple months, you know, we've made this much on this one, this much on this one, maybe we've lost a little bit on one, but hey, we killed it on this one. I'm mm -hmm. very aware of certain things like the general feel of my company, how this general contractor is doing, how my agents are doing, how this employee is doing, just general things. So in that sense, I control because you're right, if you're not on it, me and, me and Vanessa, my assistant, always have this conversation of we want to grow as much as we can without hindering our foundation. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you get too big too fast. And if you didn't grow that foundation and the systems aren't solid, then it can tumble, right? Yep. So uh, I think that's kind of going to what you're talking about, the control uh, maven. Um, yep. And just, you know, making sure you know what's going on. But at the same time, because a lot of my listeners have a problem of letting go of anything. Don't be looking stamps, you know, don't be, if you're doing direct mail, let people be out there and, and help you. Don't be swinging mm -hmm. a hammer. Like it's just not worth it. So it really isn't. And I talk a lot about that in my book as well. I mean, but you know, there are people who get a lot of pleasure out of that. Sure, It's a hobby so if you want to do it that way. <laughs> if, that is, right, and if that is, if that's what brings, you know, your soul, then Hey, knock yourself out, but realize you're not going to build a scalable you're business. You're not going to make very much money or, or achieve financial freedom. You've created a job. But if you like that, great. I don't, Marty, honestly, I don't really care so much about real estate. I love what it can do for me. And I love what the systems and the things you can create from it. Yeah. And, and that's why I do it. So, uh, but yeah, you're right. right. Yeah, I couldn't agree. You, you and I couldn't be more alike uh, as far as that's concerned because, yeah. you know, uh, it's not the necessarily the real estate I love. I mean, there are certain aspects of it. I mean, who doesn't love a transformation, exactly. right? Who doesn't love For to sure. see a, a dumpy little house turn into yeah. something someone can be proud yeah. of? I mean, yeah. that's why those shows on HGTV and Discovery so Channel, popular, yeah. and, you know, uh, are so popular because people love to see the transformation. It's just like the biggest loser. Yeah. You see some guy weighs 400 pounds and I weighs 180. Exactly. Watching that happen in front of your that's eyes is amazing. very compelling. Uh, so you definitely get a lot of satisfaction. But the, the reality is, two years from now, uh, in two, December of 2015, I hope to be in a position financially where, you know, I'll be doing this call with you from a beach somewhere in Coronado exactly. Island, yep. you know, uh, because yep. I will have made, you know, the kind of money that most people you know, dream about making yep. in a short period of time. And then I can go do something else, you yes. know, because, you know, let's face it, rehabbing is, while it can be fun, it's, it's extremely time consuming and it's challenging. And uh -huh. Uh, it's capital intensive. And, yep. uh, you know, I mean, I like doing this kind of stuff. I like yeah, speaking. Yeah. I like educating. And so, you know, that, that's, that's something that I can do down the road because of the success I had in real estate. Well, then yeah. that's, that's what I want to do. And that's what's allowed me to, to be able to do this, at least to a degree. Um, right. And, and it is, I, do, I do enjoy it. So, yeah. and like you said, you know, there's this probably heard, I will do now what you won't so I can do later 
what you can't. So <laughs> we'll just be down in a few minutes. Okay. Hey guys. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, just, just keep that in mind. Building a business is not easy, but at least for me, and I think Marty would uh, agree, it's been totally worth it. Putting in that extra time and sacrifice and a little bit of risk and hard work, hooking up with the right people and mentors and all that. And love it. Well, Marty, yeah. you've, you've actually inspired me. Um, every time I do these interviews, I get inspired. I, uh, I don't know, you, you make me want to go out and do more and grow more. And you're the only person I've had an interview with who's investing that far away. Like I'm pretty hands off. I don't look at my houses very much, but I'm, you know, I'm not out of like 2000 miles away. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. I think it's very cool what you're doing. Well, it's funny. I used to tell people, I'm like, you know, what are you doing flying all over the country investing? You know, just do it in your own backyard. Yeah. And I really used to think that people were nuts for doing yep. that because there were so many opportunities, you know, for example, here in Phoenix or, yeah. but I don't think, you know, you, uh, you can read a newspaper or just flip on the TV and you'll see how many knuckleheads are here in Phoenix, you know, trying <laughs> to invest in real estate. It's like you get to a point where you reach oversaturation and it's like, like I said, so, uh, and, and someday, you know, maybe I can work with you on this. Uh, someday I think I'm going to write a book or teach a, a course awesome. on how to start an investment business from 2000 miles away, you know, or, or run a real awesome. estate business from afar. Cause, uh, you know, I really think I've got some unique insight into it and I, and it's, it's possible and yeah. with the right systems. Well, so, Hey, you uh, know, about a, just over a year ago, I was in one little area and I'm in all of Southern California. So I'll, uh, I want to stay in touch with you. Let's, uh, let's keep talking and let's, uh, write that book. All right. <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to start implementing it first. So there you go. <laughs> but yeah, let's sounds get that link that you mentioned. I'll put it on the show notes. And I think the bottom line, it's like this debate of should you invest out of state or should you invest where you are? And you know what? I always say like, how can you like, there's so many factors involved. You can't just say yeah. yes or no. The one thing I would caution people against, don't go invest out of state with some guy that you don't know in an area that you're not familiar with or know anything about, especially if you're new at yeah. real estate investing. That will be, yeah. I think that's where that debate comes because you do have some people out there looking to hose people, right? So oh, of course, yeah. Stay I away mean, from it, that. <laughs> it's, it's easy to fall into that trap. I mean, people get so excited. I'm looking up the, the link for you now. Uh, but uh, people get so excited about the prospect of getting into real estate that they rush into the first deal or two that uh, that comes about. And they do a deal for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. And they end up regretting it later. Yep. And what's unfortunate is, is a lot of times, you know, they get the deal and they go through the process and they get frustrated and they lose money. And then they never want to do another real estate deal the rest of their lives. Yeah. It taints them. And that's just so sad because it is a great way to build wealth. It is. And to achieve your financial goals without having a tremendous amount of background and training, like, you know, like I said, or athletic skill. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. Well, Marty, once again, appreciate it. You hit it out of the park. Um, and we will uh, put this link on the show notes and everything else we talked about. And yeah, I look, look forward to it. Let's stay in touch and I'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Justin. Was that something else or what? Uh, for any comments or questions, head on over to the show notes on the website at com slash episode 23. You can leave any questions or comments and Marty and or I will be happy to answer those for you. Quick reminder about the webinar this next Thursday, January the 30th. You can head on over to housewingHQ.com slash mastermind to reserve your spot. I'll be discussing details on how I run my house flipping business, be teaching you what you can do to run your business. We will then go over the details for the mastermind group, which will be launching very, very shortly. And we'll have a Q&A at the end. You can ask me anything you want. Whether or not I answer is a whole nother story, but you can ask me anything you want and I will do my best to answer it for you. Well, that brings us to the end of another incredible interview on the House of HQ podcast. Thanks again for all the love and support. I just love getting all the comments I'm hearing from everybody about how much you're liking the podcast. It really, really keeps us going. So thanks again. Love you guys. And we will see you on the flip side. This has been the House of
House Flipping HQ podcast. Your, your ultimate house flipping resource for intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Check out amazing tutorials, blogs, how-tos and other inspiring podcasts with house flipping experts at houseflippinghq.com. Houseflippinghq.com. Hey, good job, man. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. So that, that's the end of the interview. I know you got to go anyway. Oh, okay. But... Yeah, no, I figured. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you know, people will hang TV up. All those but... years, uh, yeah. It's helped me out with this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was good talking. It's interesting how I do these interviews and afterwards, sometimes you feel like you, most of the people I interview actually know because I know so many people, right? But yeah, I just feel like I got to know you a lot better, but let's, let's stay in touch. You got my email. Um, sure. If there's ever anything I can do to help you out. Um, we have a lot of the same mindset it seems like that's pretty cool yeah yeah well yeah it sounds like it and you know you definitely got me thinking here the last hour too about how i'm doing things and it's funny because it's like and i guess it's because i'm building something completely different and new i mean it's not different it's just new in milwaukee like i had you know what you're describing is what the kind of operation i had here yeah and i've already been thinking about you know who can i bring on board to do some of this i mean i'm sitting here i've got you know like spreadsheets here and here and MLS up. And I'm yep. even my mentor has been telling me, he's like, we've got to figure out a way to get you out of all this stuff. Yeah. He's like, you know, he's like, yeah. we can't have you paying all the utility bills on these houses. Oh, and, are you doing that? Yeah. So yeah. And doing all the quick, I don't write and, checks. I don't fill yeah. out paperwork. I don't, well, utilities do you, don't do you know, quick is books. It so your assistant does that? Well, I have an assistant and then she has like two assistants <laughs> pretty mm-hmm. much. But you so are um, you doing the analysis on all your deals or is somebody no. else doing that? I See, that's a part. See, I guess maybe I'm still a bit of a control freak because that's the part of it I've never been able to let go. Like, I don't feel like anyone can analyze the data as well as I can. That was my last thing to let go. But for example, I've got one agent. I mean, I've purchased like 150 houses with the guy mm-hmm. and he's in an area. What are the price points in Milwaukee? I mean, I bought from twenty nine grand. I'm buying one next week for three hundred and sixty three. Yeah, so it kind of ranges. Okay, but yeah. so in his area, for example, like the price points are pretty low, and I've bought enough houses in the area that I know I have a pretty good idea. Mm-hmm. So he's so good, like he's always on. He knows I trust his opinion better than mine. So right. that's where the, the point where I'm at with him. So when he buys a house, you know, he's one of our guys, right? We have several people that bring us deals. When he brings mm-hmm. us a house. I know he's spot on when it's like a new agent we're working with. I'll have Vanessa really work with them. And mm-hmm. you know, if, if it's a deal that's kind of higher end, if it's like a 50,000 or a hundred thousand dollar house and I know the rents would work and I feel like I, I don't even analyze it anymore. But if it's kind of a higher end home, my, once we get it under contract, I don't want to hear about it till it's under contract. Right. I, I never hear about any deal till it's under contract. Then my assistant, if it's kind of higher end, she will let me know all of her thoughts. And I can tell when she's 100% sure. And mm-hmm. She might even send me comps, which I, I should look at more, but I don't. But I mean, she'll go like if she needs to. She doesn't drive most of the properties. But if it's kind of one of those ones that are higher end and kind of iffy and it's an agent we're mm-hmm. not sure about, she'll drive comps. So she'll talk to me about it. So whether it's I'm analyzing or not, she'll talk mm-hmm. to me. She's like, hey, this is what I'm seeing. And she'll give me her opinion. I always, one thing I do with her I never want her to come with me to me with questions. She always comes to me with the answer and what she thinks we should do. And then, I mean, 90% of the things she can already do, it's already auto, she does mm-hmm. on her own. She knows how to choose. But whenever she comes to me, I'm like, it's always with a question. Not, I mean, with an answer, not a question. Cause that's mm-hmm. how she learns, right? But no, there's every once in a while where it's a higher end property where I'm like, okay, send me some comps or something like that. But I don't know. Once again, it's, that foundation I talked about, right? Like if I feel you're better off analyzing a property than losing money, you know, but right. Yeah. uh, (laughs) But I think after you've done enough deals with a certain person and the two wholesalers that I do the majority of my business with, they know my criteria. Like one of them, he is, I actually interviewed, he's the first guy I interviewed. I trust his values once again, more than my own. And I trust my own a lot. And mm-hmm. he's just a good, honest guy. But at the end of the day, she will double check his numbers. So if, if he's telling me something and she's saying something, and once again, I kind of know the general area, you know, if it's a $500,000 house in the high desert, which is out in the middle of nowhere, I know that's not a good deal, you know? So, right. 
Um, but yeah, and I'll, I don't know. I feel like I have some pretty good people that, that I really trust. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I feel like I need to get to know the area I'm in a little bit better before I start yeah. what, passing that off. From what I heard, and I know we've only talked a little bit, what I would do if I were you, though, is rather than this is how I started with all my agents and my assistant, rather than just have your agent send you the listings, I would say, hey, send me the listing. Send me what you think it will be worth when we sell it. Send me what you think the repairs would be, uh, the cost, and send me what you think we should offer. And then, of course, you're going to double check all of those. But after you see, then you can give them feedback, right? So then you're growing something bigger. So it'll probably come to the point where they can just let you know what you should offer. And you will only have to analyze the ones that you get under contract. How cool would that right. be, right? You just eliminate well, a that's, ton and that's of labor. that's what I had in Phoenix. I had three different agents in Phoenix who I worked with, and that's what they did. Mm-hmm. So they would send me a listing, they would send me a, a house, and then they would send the listing itself, and then they would send three or four comps, and then in the email it would say, here's what I think it would sell for, here's what I think the rehab's going to be, Yeah. here's your closing cost, here's what I think you should offer. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. And it was so much easier. And then I had, like I said, so yeah, the realtor I'm working with now, she doesn't do that, yeah. but I need to get her to start doing I think, that. I think start having to do that it doesn't mean you're not checking as well. But right. it's, it's the way you can confirm after she sends you 20 houses that she's right on, mm-hmm. then, you know, then she, you know, she's got something. Now, I'm to the point with my main realtor where between you and I, like, we don't even know that he's making offers. We, I, don't, yeah. I don't even see it until like just today. He's like, okay, got another one. Like, I know we're golden. I mean, I never yeah. saw a piece of paper, never saw a mm-hmm. listing and bringing the deals, you know? Right. So. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, it's talking to someone like you, it's like you've been doing this a long time, so you get it. It's not like I'm teaching anything new, but just the right. collaboration is good still, I think. Right. Yeah, and no, I just, uh, yeah, I've kind of gone, I've gone through the full cycle. Like I went to just me, uh-huh. like sitting in my house like this, like yeah. 10 years ago, to I had an office with eight full-time people, yeah. and I lost everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yep. I now... I kind of have it. I'm struggling with, and, and this mentor I've been working with, he's like, we got to get you, you got to get some more help. Yeah. Like you got, you need, you know, you need to get in someone who can pay your bills and do the bookkeeping. You know, you need somebody, and he's been on me about getting somebody who can do this analysis, you know, so that I can, you know, break free from that as well. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I think you're next. on the big picture, yeah. which is just making sure that the, like you said, you know, what, keeping track of what's closing, how long it's taking, so yeah. on and so forth. It's like, you know, you're like, gosh, totally. do I go out and hire three people? And yeah, I don't no, even I'm, really know that all these no, are. No, I would never hire. When I st- hired my assistant, I started with her part-time and it, it took time, right? So yeah. I would never hire three people. It's it just kind of built on top of mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And what's cool is now she trains like the new person we hire, right? So I don't mm-hmm. even. Right. Yeah. But no, yeah. it's it's not easy, as you know. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, it's kind of funny you talk about the eight people you had working for you. I had eight and a half years ago, I started a satellite dish business that I had for two years. And and yeah, I kind of grew it, got to the, grew it too quickly. I got to the point where I had eight to 10 people working for me, pretty big office. And, you know, fortunately it wasn't anything crazy, but we ended up with like $120,000 of debt. We didn't quite recruit the guys we were supposed to for the summer program. So we weren't able to pay it off. And I just had to, I let it all go and went out on my own, knocked doors, door to door till I paid it all off. Like worked every, uh, not yeah. fun, but you know, you learn how yeah. to roll up your sleeves yeah. and make it happen. All right. All right. I appreciate it, Marty. I know it Stay took a touch. while, but it's good. Good talking, man. We'll, we'll talk soon. All right. Sounds good, man. Thanks. Let me know when this comes out. I like to like to it, it, next week. I don't, okay. I don't like to do some people wait a month. I'm like, dude, it's like right. real estate. You got to be on it. You know, <laughs> like I said, I mean, we'll see what happens. Like I don't want, it's kind of funny. Cause I really, I got my business to the point to where I was really working about an hour a day in my house flipping business. Not, mm. I, and I can't like just sit still for very long. So I'm like, okay, right. what now? Do I go out and like buy a mm-hmm. thousand houses? Or do, and I, like I said, I wanted to learn about just some mm-hmm. other stuff. And so I don't know where this is going to go. It might just be a, an opportunity to learn more about other marketing opportunities mm-hmm. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, I, I don't know. I really think I can leverage technology. You got to be a dreamer, right? You got to... <laughs> But yeah. I really think I can create like a community where leveraging technology and having the right training mm-hmm. videos where I can, people can, it'll cost something. Cause I, I put like 
I have people that work for me in this business too, right? So yeah. I'm I'm spending money right now and not making mm-hmm. anything, which I can do because I'm doing well in my housing business, but that's not it's not my goal to like my wife's right. like, how much yeah. money are you spending here? You know, it's like Yeah. So yeah. I think there's a way to make money teaching people too. how to invest in real estate without and ripping them exactly. off. Exactly. And that's yeah. that's what I'm trying to accomplish, really. And it's, and, and it's like, but how do you come across? I can't figure out. How do you come across as not being a complete schmuck? You know, because you, know, you got to be able to promote yourself yeah, and make yeah. yourself, you got to put yourself out there. Yep. Like you're, 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 you have to be like a showman, yeah. part showman, yeah. part salesman, it's totally part true. educator. You're 100% right. And it it is hard. And I guess I like a challenge because that's what I'm trying to do. And I think the podcast helps because people can listen to me all the time. I mean, think about 20 episodes of hearing kind of the conversations that we've had. And you're going to realize, hey, this guy, like, he's genuine, right? Right. He likes to run a business. He likes to make money. But he's genuine. And what I've done is I've hooked up with some other podcasters who aren't in the, the real estate business. And so I have like a mentor and stuff. And all these other guys, like they're genuine people too. And they're creating businesses. And I just got back from New Media Expo, which used to be called Blog World. I don't know if you ever went there or anything. Yeah, I've heard of it. I never went. But yeah. There are some really genuine, good, good people that are giving away great education. And I think the same can be done in real estate. I just think there has been a, a stigma of... Yeah. And yeah. so my goal, I'm not saying there's nobody out there that, that's doing this. But I haven't seen it really. My goal is to kind of have that middle ground of people mm-hmm. want a mentor, people want a coach, people want people are dying for mentors. People want that so bad. But because of some of these schmucks, people have gone, even at the real estate clubs, over to this side of the spectrum. And I see so many people that go to a club for two to three years and don't have any focus because there's no one kicking them in the butt, holding them accountable. Right. So that's mm-hmm. kind of my goal. You know, I, I give away free education all the time through my podcast and through my site, but it's kind of like an accountability type thing. Like we're going to have like a Facebook group and I'm on mm-hmm. it right now as I've learning how to podcast and learning how to create this platform. And it's awesome. I can go on there anytime, ask questions. It's mm-hmm. like, imagine you, you get that deal under contract. Okay. You've got a community you can go to and talk about it, you know, and right. feel good mm-hmm. about it. And, you mm-hmm. know, anyway, so I think it's going to be something good. Like you said, the challenge will be to sell without um, the hype and without right. like, you know, that's a hard balance. But I do think yeah, there the, you can you know, tell all mm-hmm. about podcasting and I'm like, I don't know any of this stuff, right? He's connecting me with people and I can go on there right. and ask questions. Yeah. That to me is like, I would pay you three times that, you know? So yeah. I am so grateful that he was willing to create a right. business out of it. Right. And a charge, you know, but all right, Marty. Well, I will let you go, man. I'm all right. Good talking to you. Yeah, it was really good talking. We'll, we'll be in touch and uh, come up and see you in San Clemente. Come, over come see me. Send, send me an email anytime. Anytime you have questions. If you want to talk to my assistant, whatever. You sure. can even go back and uh, listen to the pod. I did, interviewed her. I, okay. I think you might get a lot out of those. Just a few shows back. So my okay. my website's housewifinghq.com. Right. Sure. Yeah. I checked it out. Okay. Before, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Scroll back and you'll see there's two interviews. We talked for like almost two hours, at least an hour and a half over okay. two interviews. So very Sounds cool. Good. Okay, Marty, we'll talk right. to you soon. Thanks. Okay. Take care. Talk to you. Bye-bye.